I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hour number two inside the locker room. He's Craig Wolfley. I'm Max Starks. And we are joined by the one, the only... Steelers Digest editor in charge and also our good friend, um, the co-conspirator that got us to try the fat man delight, or fat guy delight, <laughs> um, up at training camp. And we are all the better for it, even though our doctors don't approve of that. Um, Bob Labriola. <laughs> Labs, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it didn't take much convincing up at training camp with you two guys. Isn't that the truth? I mean, you know, I, I go by because I go up to John Kolb's place, the Adventures in Training with a Purpose, up in um, uh, up by Sewickley or not? Yeah, Cranberry, up by Cranberry there, and we go by um, Labriola's Grocery. Is that is that your family? You yeah, related? second yeah. cousins, cousins, okay. Warrendale. Yeah, okay, Warrendale. I see. I, I have problems with geography. And math, and there's a number of things. But regardless, but uh, you know, going by there, you're a man that knows. You know, good food labs. You just don't know the quantities of good food that we consume. See, that's that's the problem. See, you you got that good food thing going on. You have a family history in it, but as far as mega quantities like Max and I consume, that's not for you. I might not be mega, but um, portion <laughs> control has been an issue for me. Um, <laughs> through a lot as well so um you know did you like that fact i'd like because i i thought it was tremendous oh yeah i mean but um when i was told how many calories are in it (laughs) that's the key i never listen when they tell you well yeah i mean i i kind of i couldn't i couldn't stop him from telling me but um you know and i'm i'm a lot older than you guys too Really? I mean, um, I'm 65, yeah. man. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm older than that. Okay. 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 Um, and, um, you know, what are you doing good, bro? Doctor's appointments, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they tend to discourage that sort of thing. <laughs> well, you know, going to a doctor's appointment is a whole lot like I would imagine going into the film session after this opening day. <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> Max, what is it like when you got to walk in that room after a game like that? 
this is one of those where I mean, it's the walk of the living dead. I mean, it, it is. You know, it, it's so slow. So if you know the facility, right in the locker room, there's a stairwell. That's, oh yeah, that's off in the back corner, and you t- and you walk up the flight of stairs. When you get onto that second level landing, first you, you, you used to see Mia's desk, right? The secretary to the head coach. Mm. Uh, and the head coach's office is literally right to the left. And then you go to the right, and it's a big open area with chairs and couches. And that's kind of almost like our, our pseudo player relief lounge after film watching or in between meeting <laughs> sessions when you get your break. <laughs> then you walk further, and you walk into the big meeting room which, you know, gets cartoned off to offense and defense. There's a, there's a partition you can separate um, afterwards to make, it, um, to, make, to make it smaller so that you can break off into your sides of the ball. And on that wall is the team photos of every team that's ever played for the Steelers. So you have every team photo on this wall. And so it's almost like the past is staring at you when it's a bad game. <laughs> Yeah, you're walking in, and it's just like it's like the elders are looking at you, you know, and, and you're just like, oh man, yeah, yeah. It's like you just you're, you're sitting there, you're just like, oh man, yeah, Ernie Stotner is mad at me right now. Uh, <laughs> Joe Green is scowling me yeah. without scowling me, and you walk into that meeting, and you just you know that the news report that Mike Tomlin's going to do is just one of the worst moments of your life like you want to shrink most guys wear hoodies so you kind of pull the hoodie over your face and kind of pull the ties down the right right squeezes are you have is like a nose and a mouth protruding out <laughs> but you know it, but this is the accountability session no question and about you're it. held accountable for it and what you see is 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 what you get you are you are only as good as what you see on paper and you know lab labs this is what i wanted to ask you just you know, as we look at this, this is one of the, the worst Steeler losses um, in the Mike Tomlin era. But, you know, what ha, ha, is there a similar one that you've seen in your years of a home opener um, where, <laughs> you know, the Steelers came in and uh, did not perform to expectations, especially after having, you know, a modicum of success in the preseason? Wolf, you want to take that one? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I no, I'll just – I'll just give you. I mean, it, it remains it remains the most wor- lopsided loss in Steelers franchise history, which is now over ninety seasons in the league. Fifty-one nothing, Cleveland Browns, nineteen eighty-nine. Oh man! Um, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then uh, you, if if you want to look at the Bill Cowher era, I mean, this is not a this is not a um, you know this is something that has been spread around. I mean, uh, Bill Cowher, nineteen ninety-seven. 37 to nothing Dallas right opener um so you know it happens uh you know the 97 97 two two years previous the Steelers were AFC champions and uh played in Super Bowl 30 uh a lot of people thought they you know they well not thought but the, the Steelers had a chance to win that Super Bowl 30 game uh, you played Dallas again and lose thirty-seven to nothing. I remember someone asking one of the media asking Bill Cower um, if there was anything, um, you know, about thirty-seven. You know, you lose thirty. And I'm paraphrasing the question here. You know, you lose thirty-seven nothing in any way 
is that even better or is that less bad than losing a close game, you know, at the end? <laughs> I remember Coward looked at whoever it was and said, you've obviously never lost 37 and nothing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, there, there, there's been butt kickings in franchise history. I mean, the Steelers are a very storied franchise and I get all that. But I mean, it's not all you know, bubble gum and rainbows either. No, uh, with with these guys, and so you know, Chuck Knoll, Hall of Fame coach, Bill Cowher, Hall of Fame coach. I mean, you know, there there have been issues presented to them uh, <laughs> in the very first weekend of seasons, and just as a you know, I'm not looking for silver linings, but his history actually uh, provides us with them. Uh, the 89 team and the 97 team both made the playoffs. Wow. So uh, after that, so. Uh, well, I, I know, meant, wow, I knew the 89 team did. I didn't know the 97 team did. <laughs> the 97, the 97 oh, team hosted the AFC championship game. That's right. Game. Yes. Wow. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not here to, you know, search for silver linings. I mean, there's no moral victories in the NFL. I mean, all of that stuff is, uh, I, I believe it, but, um, you know, it, there's, there's, uh, let's see, 16 more games over the next 17 weeks. And, um, you know, one of the things Tunch Ilkin always used to say was every four weeks, you oh, can yeah. kind of re reload or reassess or reshuffle the deck, uh, that, that are the 32 NFL teams because things change yeah. one month to the next. I mean, there's no Super Bowl is going to be won here in September, right? Uh, even in the, the fine year of 2023 that we are in. So, um, you know, again, I'm not here to make any excuses for Sunday. It was awful. It was awful in every aspect uh, by everyone involved. Um, but, you know, let, let's let's talk about this again here in a couple of weeks. Maybe it's going to be worse. Maybe it's going to be better. Um you know, we're going to find out some, I think, what I have a feeling is going to be more bad news here at noon. That's uh, what I was going to ask you. All right, my question. Uh, Labs, the shoe dropped already with Cam Hayward, but now there's there's rumblings about Deontay, and then, you know, there's Wreck-It Ralph, uh, uh, Marvin. Uh, I mean, Gadzooks, man, there could be some uh, not-so-good things coming up at the press conference here. Yeah, I mean, you know, injuries, um, you know, if you're really looking for a silver lining, um, it's not as bad as it is uh, wherever the New York Jets team headquarters is located. Uh, And it just came through, yeah. Okay. Achilles for um, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, um, You know, and hey, and, you know, as as good as the Browns looked uh, in dismantling the – the Bengals, uh, they lost their starting right tackle. Right, that's uh, true. Jack Conklin yep. towards MCL and ACL. So they're going to be mm-hmm. playing a rookie uh, at, at right tackle uh, on Monday night. So, I mean, we saw what this is last one of the guy th- that was in his experience at right tackle. Well, there you go. Cold McKibbins, um, so, yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, injuries are a part of NFL life, and we always see this after the first – uh, weekend of games, you know, one instead of looking at uh, the the results 
and the quote unquote standings, you know, whether you're one and oh or oh and one, sometimes the uh, injury lists are more telling or more ominous. Oh, yeah. Or more uh, heartening if you happen to escape um, True. without any injuries. So, uh, you know, it, this is this is part of it. And um, sometimes we have to keep relearning these lessons, you know, as fans and observers of this game that, um, you know, there are often are multi layers, you know, to these things, wins and losses, you know, extra good for wins or. You know, maybe there's some good with some losses, you know, whatever, however, you know, the uh, the things unfold, however you peel the onion, you know, as you go from one uh, layer to the next. So, again, uh, the only thing that I can tell you for sure is that Monday night uh, the Steelers are going to be hosting the Browns um, and (laughs) you get another you get another chance. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's another that that's the beauty also of the beginning of the season is that you're going to have another opportunity. There are 16 more chances to go out there and prove yourself. And one week doesn't make, make or break you right now. And so I think that's kind of what we have to always keep the focus and keep the main thing, the main thing. This is a marathon. This isn't a sprint and going out there learning from your mistakes getting guys involved and making sure that guys are prepared to not have this feeling happen to them again. You know, one of the things that we talked to, you know, Mike pursued to Jerry Dulac and I do the uh, pregame show on the Steelers radio network. And one of the things that I mentioned when we were kind of going around, you know, what do you like about this team or whatever? And I was talking about the depth of talent on the roster. Hmm. Um, I had no idea it was going to be tested this quick, <laughs> but, um, you know, because Broderick Jones could be playing, you know, Chooks is, is, uh, if he's in the concussion protocol, yeah. um, who knows how that turns out? I oh, mean, that's man. really, you, you know, you, you just don't know. I mean, it's not a, a situation where you can be sure, um, well, you know, it's a, whatever a mild ankles or something he'll be ready to go by monday with the extra day hey the concussion protocol you know is it's is its own you know judge and jury on, on a player's availability so i mean that could be a situation where uh broderick jones is making his first nfl start uh so you know a lot of these things um as bad as they look <laughs> You know, they say, well, yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes that's an oncoming train. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, uh, like like you said, though, Max, all, all you can all you can guarantee yourself, you know, as a football team in the NFL at this stage is you're going to get another opportunity here uh, this next weekend coming up. And, um, you know, that's that that's all. I have no other words of encouragement. I, I really don't. Uh, I'm not trying to be gloom and doom, but uh, I, I just, you yeah. know, um, we are, yeah. we are, uh, why did they say you are what the scoreboard says you yeah. are? That's true. You know, uh, uh, and I remember Chuck Knoll always saying, when you lose, everything they say about you is true. That's a great that quote. Of, yes. Yep. So, um, you know, so here you are in this week. Uh, you know, live in the live in the stench, um, and uh, get the scrub brushes out and try and start scrubbing it off. 
because that's that's all there is to do. Speaking of that, were you were you Max and I were just talking about this in the uh, segment before this? Were you surprised about the number of Fran- uh, San Francisco jerseys that were populating the lower uh, echelons of uh, the stadium there? I mean, I was like looking. I'm going. Good grief. This is what, on the road, this is what Steelers Nation looks like when they take over a stadium. But I'd never seen it done in Acrisure like that. Yeah, um, it, it was. And uh, and the color, the fact that they were red mm-hmm. really made them stand out even more, yeah. I thought. Yep. Uh, you know, when it first started, you know, again, we were doing, getting ready to do the pregame show. We go on two hours before kickoff and shortly after we go on the air, the gates open. Now, what I thought was it might have been a situation where, um, you know, when if you're a fan uh, following your team on the road, usually those people like to get there and enjoy as much of the whole experience as possible. So, you know, when you see Steelers fans take over stadiums on the road, they usually come in with the first wave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. They go right down to the – no matter where your tickets are, you know, they'll let you go down uh, close to the rail uh, behind the visiting team bench. And so I thought, well, maybe that was, you know, what was accounting for what I was seeing. But then as, you know, we got closer to kickoff and more fans started filing in, uh, th- those red jerseys that were all there on that lower two levels down, that didn't start to dissipate and go up into the, I mean, they were there. I mean, that's where they were supposed to be. Hmm. And, you know, only the only thing I can, you're asking me why, um, you know, the only thing I can think of is, you know, the secondary ticket market uh, is, is for teams um, is, is, is very uh, lucrative. I guess. And there could be people yeah. uh, who make the decision that, you know, I can pay for all my season tickets by selling two tickets to this game. Uh, because, you know, the 49ers are a Super Bowl contender. Mm. And again, I, you know, I don't know what, what was behind it specifically, but, you know, once you put your tickets on the secondary ticket market, you don't have a lot of control over anything but how much, you know, you ask for them and do you get the price. And, you know, the Steelers can't um, say, well, we're not, we're not, you can't sell them to that guy because they're a 49ers fan. You know, I mean, so it's kind of out of the team's control uh, once people decide that, you know, they want to put their tickets up for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. But, yes, there were a lot. There was a lot of red. And as the game started to unfold, you know, I kept waiting for them to get vocal because, um, you know, uh, a lot of times visiting fans – might not be too vocal depending on how the game is unfolding. Right. But the way that game was unfolding, I figured these these people are going to start making noise. They're going to start making their presence felt. Um, and, you know, as we saw uh, as over the course of it, it, it did exactly turn out that way. No, and, and I think that, that that's a great point, Labs, you know, because that's one of the things I thought about was that, it's cheaper for them to do this and pay over the asking price than to try and get to their home stadium in a lot of intents and purposes. So, and this was a destination location for a lot of other fans around the league. 
you know, we've made yeah, it and we've, to, and we've created that environment. Yeah. Um, you know, come to Pittsburgh and, uh, you know, it's, and I, here's another thing that I was thinking too, because, you know, the DeBartolo family uh, was from Youngstown. Mm. So, you know, maybe a lot of those people were 49ers fans because of the success, the success of the franchise when the DeBartolos owned it. Maybe a lot of them were from the Youngstown area or that Eastern Ohio area or, you know, wherever Boardman and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, you know, I have no way of knowing because, you know, I, uh, flying, I, I, I would doubt that all of those people wearing the red jerseys flew from California for this game. Uh, you know, yeah, just, that, there that were a lot on my flight. Were there? There were a lot on my flight. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Yes. So my it's plane, your fault, man. Was, yeah, 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 <laughs> what's he, how, why is everybody blaming me? <laughs> I didn't pay for their tickets. I just heckled them as they walked on the plane. <laughs> well, Max, then you did it. You did all you could do. That's all. Yeah, you did all you could. Try my best. <laughs> exactly. So, last thing I got to ask you for me, Labs, uh, how how deep is this going to go with Cam Hurt? With the possibility of, I mean, we got to hear about Demarvin Leal, but I mean, do we have enough guys stashed on on the practice squad to be able to? Um, get the number of people up that we need to get up for a team that is, it's like a, this is like a tank group. You know what I mean? They just roll on the ground. That being the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. The Browns, you know, uh, I, I noticed that Nick Chubb wasn't exactly, uh, a shrinking violet in that game against the, uh, Bengals. No. Uh, and from seriously, I all do respect. I, I think Nick Chubb is on a very, very short list of the best backs, uh, in the league. Right. Um, certainly as a runner, you know, I wouldn't put him in the um, Christian McCaffrey all around category, you know, uh, yards from scrimmage guy um, weapon in the re- uh, passing game. But Nick Chubb, uh, you know, as a running back, running back, uh, he's among the best in the league. Now, one of the moves I would expect, and I'm assuming that the reports are accurate that and Cam Hayward is going to go on injured reserve. Uh, Braden Fajoko, I think, is an, an, mm. an almost an automatic, you know, bring him up from the practice squad. This was a guy who we th- thought throughout the um, preseason training camp uh, process was a run stuffer. You know, he's not Cam Hayward, and uh, I don't think we would ask, the Steelers would ask him to be that, certainly. Right. But, you know, you're looking for beef up front, you know, to help with, with the, what you were describing, Wolf, about the Browns' offense, you know, a steamroller kind of mentality they figure to come into Pittsburgh with, I think Fajoko would be a, a natural, um, you know, call-up, mm-hmm. for lack of a better phrase. Now, I don't know what the Marvin Leal situation is or, you know, what his uh, prognosis is going to be. And if you lose both of those guys, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, um, but I would think for Hoko for sure, if Cam goes on IR. No, absolutely. Uh, well, Labs, we appreciate it, the time, and and as always, we'll have you on every Tuesday as long as you'll ha- you'll come on with us. <laughs> we appreciate. Sometimes you don't want to associate with us, guys, right? <laughs> I, no, I mean, that's yeah. not. You know, I mean. Um, 
No, let's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a fair weather uh Add a yes. boy. There we go. There All we right. go. There we go. That's the <laughs> dedication we love and appreciate. Well, I'll, well, I'll just, I'll just be more prepared to blame you two guys for what's <laughs> happening than I was yeah, today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey we, 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 we will take that. Uh, but Laz, also, you were talking about your cousin's grocery store. Yes. Uh, I still need that Sunday sauce. Ooh. Or Sunday gravy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I still no, need no. that. Well, we, we got to figure it, that out. We, in uh, in the Labriola house, it was never called gravy. It was called sauce. Okay. Just say. Okay, it was sauce. Okay. Let me make... I was yeah, one I mean, of two. You know, I, was, I figured I'd shoot both of them out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. There we go. I'll I appreciate I it. Well, he's Bob Labriola, Steelers Digest editor, and, of course, foodie extraordinaire joining us every Tuesday in the 11 o'clock hour. Laz, have a great week. I'll see you at the stadium on Sunday. Thanks, oh, brother. Monday. Okay, guys. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you, bud. All right. We're going to step aside, and we'll be back in a minute. Wolf Starks, Ninjas, ESPN, and SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now the most important news we might get today is Mike Tomlin in the press conference with the injury report. But Chuk Sikorafor might be the guy that we kind of focus on. You know, Max, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you got Danny Moore going from left tackle to right tackle. Um, that is difficult enough in and of itself. But you also got a rookie coming in at left tackle, which means that you've got a very inexperienced guy with, with one of the great quarterback hunters of this era in Miles Garrett, who's posted back-to-back 16-sack seasons. Uh, this guy coming after... Uh, you know, Broderick or or Danny on the right side because Danny is more comfortable on the left side. So, Gadzooks, that's kind of problematic. What do you think about, you know, Danny moving to the right and then Broderick coming in at left? Well, I mean, this is something that, you know, my my mindset was that if you're going to have a veteran, you want the vet for for these first four games, you look at, the quarterback hunters, as you call them, and it, it's front loaded in the schedule. With, it with almost sounded hunters. like you broke into your Jamaican accent for the quarterback hunters, yeah. my friend. <laughs> quarterback hunters, you say? No. Um, but, is that Irish or is that Jamaican? I can't. Tell. I, don't, I don't even know. I don't know. It's Jamaican. I don't know. Jamaican. Um, <laughs> oh, that was but, good. But but I mean. This is something where it was like, okay, if you're going to have a young guy, you know, coming in, stepping in at left tackle, idyllic situation was going to be after these first four games. But obviously, injuries, you know, potential concussions, all those things kind of play into a fast tracking of that. And, you know, for Broderick Jones, it's going to be making it simple. And I think, you know, as an offense, you're going to have to give him some protection because – 
as good as Broderick is coming in as a rookie, like you said, he's still a rookie. There isn't a no. requisite experience set associated with this. And when you come in, it's not like there's another rookie across from you or second year guy. No, you have battle tested all pro level mean guy coming in <laughs> in miles Garrett, yeah. who already has a penchant for this kind of thing when it comes to this team. So, you know, for Broderick, this is going to be a big test for him. Um, you know, if everything, you know, um, happens with with with, uh, with the Chooks diagnosis. Now, you know, obviously best case scenario is, you know, he's fine. He passes the test and there's no real issue there. But, um, you know, if we're planning for the worst or the inevitability uh, of something happening, you know, Dan Moore um, is going to be training all week at right tackle, which I think – if that if that's the case, it's better to at least have a week's notice right. that you got to yes. do this job yeah. than wait until the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, when this team has already pinned their ears back and you're going over there um, to the right tackle after taking all left tackle snaps. Um, it's something that I did back in the day. Um, you know, when I was in college, you know, I cross trained and and also played four positions on the offensive line my senior year. So. When I came to the league coming up as a swing tackle, you know, my rookie year, I was prepared if Oliver Ross went out, I could go over there. If if Marvell went out, I could go there. And then, of course, I ended up when Alan Fanica decided he didn't want to play at the end of the season, I was ready to go in the left guard. <laughs> um, but it's one thing to be a starter and then have to switch over. Um, and, you know, unfortunately in that, I mean, it, it, it hurt Dan because they went and they attacked them immediately after – him and James Daniel had never really worked together. I mean, they did some right. spot couple of plays in training camp. Right. But in Correct. the heat of battle, the communication that you have with your guard is very vital because those TE games came right at him. Yep. They and that's right why they were able to – yeah, they went right after him. Um, tackle slanted out, pinned his hip, the wraparound, and James is attached. James is already in an overextended position, so he can't even pass it off to then get back on the inside when Farrell and company were, were looping back to the inside. Right. So Danny now has to chase after getting edged on his hip. And now you're running, trying to do it. It, it almost reminded me of, and I talked to actually funny enough, because Trey Essex was at the game. Trey and I were talking about this after the game. And it was, it reminded me of when we played Justin Smith and Alden Smith out in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And, because Trey had come in at left guard because Chris Kimiatu was injured. And they went right after us immediately with trying to run this TE game. The only difference is, is that Justin Smith was holding the entire time. And he would actually, when he come in, he would actually club Trey inside and then hook him with his elbow mm -hmm. and pin Trey's right arm and drag him across and would almost create a wall. And one time I actually had to spin underneath on the backside to try and get to Alden. And that was also the game that Ben was Statue of Liberty because he hurt his ankle. Okay. So he was, so he couldn't even move. So it was just all bad. And I just, and that just played in my mind when I saw Dan go over to the right tackle position, I'm like, they are going to attack him because a, it takes a while to get your feet comfortable. And this was mid drive. This wasn't like we're on the sidelines about to go out. I can take a couple snaps in the grass on air and have a lineman just run up against me, you know, to get my feet work correct. He had to switch his feet and his head 
mid-drive after an injury timeout, essentially, um, to get Chukes off the field, and he's now, boom, at right tackle. Fresh. And so it really did a disservice to Dan, but that's what you do in these moments, right? Yeah. And and I think, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, out of desperation breed, breeds a, a new level for Dan is that now you have now you have to cross train after practice every day. Even if Chuk, when Chooks comes back and he bumps back to left tackle, like I got to go post practice. I got to take some extra snaps on my own. I got to take the onus on myself because I am that six man at tackle. Right. Because Broderick can only play left. And, you know, that's one of the things where you look at and you're just like, man. But I remember when I came in, I had to learn both. And, and so – you know, it's interesting that they're not making Broderick. I get he was drafted high, but it's interesting that they're not having him try any right tackle at all just to see if maybe he can do it. Yeah. Um, so you can keep your line more intact than it was because that one move became two moves. Yeah. That That's if a guy the... is versatile enough that, you know, you would like to just replace one piece. So I was just about to sneeze. I got I got. I yeah. signaled the West. Uh oh! I might. I got Wolf, a sneeze coming. Wolf signals to me to cut off his mic so he can sneeze, and then I cut it off right as he's getting ready <laughs> to start talking. <laughs> you talk about no, I go. miscommunication. Okay, you go. No, I go. No, you oh. go. No, I go. No, I go. So, you go. So here's what I found out in my one experience with it. One time, um, you know, I, the first thing I'd, I'd only played guard and left guard like for eight years, and then when all the ta- they had a run on tackles, I got moved out to left tackle, and then during the game one time, uh, Tunchilkin got doinked um, a- against the Chiefs at Three Rivers, and I had to go in and, and hit a few plays there, uh, right tackle. The first thing, which I'd never lined up at right tackle, the first thing that went on me was the fact that you you're not unfamiliar with seeing the the, the games coming from the wrong side do you know what i mean you know because the games will the the te twists come out of the other corner of your eye rather than what you, you've been accustomed to for years the other thing about it was my my like uh how do i put it my gps on maintaining inside out position on the right side was like discombobulating as compared to the left you know how you you quarter the man. You know you got to you know your kick step as you drop back. You want to stay inside of that guy, and it felt odd, you know, because you're you're the feeling is is the kinesthetic feeling that you get in playing ball. It's very different on the right side than what it is on the left, and that was hard for me. Yeah, I mean it is because from a kinesiology perspective. Like that muscle memory isn't there. So guess what? Your body's going to fight that new stress yes. or that new strain in your body. So if I'm so used to taking left tackle snaps, right? My right hip is usually tighter than my left hip over yes. time. Yep. Because I have had thousands of reps in this position to where my hips have shifted. And if I don't do the opposite my hips don't stay even. Right. So then when I go over to the right side and now my right hip has to be loose and my left hip has to be tight, guess what? It's not. And you're going to get fatigued in that area a lot faster because the muscles have not been worked to be strengthened to where you can bounce it. And for me, I did it all year my senior year. So my my muscles and my hips were already adjusted to be able to switch because there was equal strength on both because I played both sides. So, for Dan, Dan has only done left tackle for now three years, mm-hmm. right? Not really, and, and took a couple of snaps 
in training camp. Yeah. For all intents and purposes. So his muscles aren't shifted yet. So now he has to go extra this week to get his body shifted. Probably go see a chiropractor as well to get your hips readjusted. Yep. And work that slide to build up the requisite muscle strength to be able to keep that. Because here's the problem. If you don't, now you're more susceptible to the inside move. Yeah. Because guess what your left leg wants to do? It wants to drop because that's what its natural inclination is. Yes. Is to drop because that's the way I normally slide. The problem is at right tackle, that's a beeline to the quarterback. <laughs> so <laughs> Which you're going to be fighting good. a lot more. Which yeah, is and not you're good. Be, and, and what's the overcompensation for that, Wolf? Now I start to lean even more to the inside yep. to force my left leg not to drop back. And now I potentially risk shortening the corner on the right side if I, if I don't pay attention. It's discombobulating when you are trying to maintain that inner position on a defensive end coming up the field. Matter of fact, I was playing against Neil Smith, you know, the guy that always wore like a Band-Aid on his nose, you know, the defensive end. He was a pretty good pass rusher. Guy was, you know, did a decent, did a very good job. Um, and it was weird because everything felt weird. You know, that's the thing that really bothers you. You know, you feel like you're 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 not totally where you should be at any given point because everything feels funky. Yeah, absolutely. It feels that's the technical just, description. Of it. Yeah, no, fun, funk is a very very technical term. Yes. Um, because you don't know what it is. It's almost like one of the things you look around, you're like, well, this feels weird. What, <laughs> uh, what's going on here? I feel a little fuzzy. Feel, feel a little fuzzy. Fuzzy. Yeah. But, but, it, it, but, it, but it is a real thing. And that's where the biomechanics of the body, you know, is, is a heck of a thing, right? Because your muscle memory right. is what you revert to. And that's what we get to as football players. As football players, we are trained to create the repetition so that when you do get into late game situations, you don't have to think all you have to do is respond because your body is in a groove because right. it has done this so many times before it's the memory recall. It's that last button on your remote, right? Your remote remembers the last channel you were watching. So you click last, it goes back to that last channel and it might be your favorite channel, but that's what you do. The same thing has happened. So you have to rewire it and you have to rework it to create balance because you can overcompensate for one thing because guess what? If I've taken over 9,000 snaps at left tackle and now I've taken 70 snaps at right tackle, guess what I'm going to be more prone to do? The left tackle thing. So you have to be able to do that and that that's where the pros come in and that's what makes pros pros, right? Yep. The ability to adjust and adapt under pressure. Um, and so I have no doubt that if, if Dan has to go out and play right tackle, he's going to do a heck of a job this week. But he has time. He has preparation time to get ready for that eventuality versus, you know, in the moment, in the middle of a game, the game is out of hand, it's passing only, and the defense knows exactly what you're going to do. Exactly. You know, for all intents and purposes. There's no run game. There's nothing to soften up a defense, take the edge off the pass rush. They are full turn and burn. They're in the fifth gear in a Ferrari at that point. And your best bet is to try and get across the sidewalk as fast, from one side of the sidewalk to the other side as fast as you can. You know, the crosswalk is not a safe place. <laughs> exactly, Max. All right, we got to take a break, and it's time for the Bell Lap with Max coming up next. Stay tuned right here in the locker room.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, last segment, bell lap time. That's right. Love that bell. Love that bell. That also signals lunch, Wolf. Oh, yeah. Um, you got it. Of, in a lot of cultures. Uh, but, you know, right after us, um, you'll be you'll be going live to the Mike Tomlin press conference um, every Tuesday. It's held at noon over on the south side of the Steelers facility. So that will be fun. Of course, both of us will be tuning in. I'll be watching it live on the, on the, on the uh, Steelers mobile app. You can go download anywhere, Android, iPhone, uh, App Store, <laughs> Apple Ice, App Store. You're such a two. techie. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just technically sound. You know, you know, you got to be versatile. Uh, That's why you brought but, all those San Francisco fans with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Silicon Valley. They were, I they were, to know they were how attracted to... to all your techiness. Yeah, I know. I needed to figure out how to. And then here's the funny part. My phone dies, and I can't even charge my phone. And with all, with all, those, with all those Frisco folks... Nobody can help me figure out how to charge my phone, but it's all good. I know this, Max. I'm off a of rice aroni. All right, no more for that. The San yeah, Francisco well, treat. Well, bleh. yeah, rice aroni. Uncle Ben's isn't he? Isn't Uncle Ben's also from San Francisco? Another rice is he from brand? Oh, say it I, isn't I, so. I, Not Uncle Ben. I believe so. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna have to go with like Vigo or Mahatma or something. I don't know. Dear uh, Uncle yeah. Ben is from Frisco. Wait, we got to look that up. I be- Somebody got to look that up. I think come on, Wes. I mean, come on. Uncle Ben's rice. It can't be from San Francisco. Okay. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm off of rice anyways. I'm not not doing any rice because I don't want any correlation to it, okay? So hold on, hold on. I think we got something here. Do we have it yet? Do we have it? Um, listen, it says in the 30s, it was a man from the United Kingdom who ran it out of Houston, Texas. And okay. then in 1999, their plant was moved to Greenville, Mississippi. Huh. I'm not seeing okay. anything about San right. Francisco. I'm not okay. seeing anything about right, California good. or San Francisco. I couldn't. I, I could. I couldn't remember. So okay. thank so you. So Uncle Ben, we, we, Uncle Ben's cool. is safe. It's safe. Yeah, we it's know safe. it's safe. Okay. Rice Aroni is on the outs. <laughs> there we go. But uh, but uh, investigative journalist Wesley Euler coming out with the fact checking <laughs> for us to keep That's us. It. Yeah, exactly. There it is. That's all you need. Just need, just need a little Morse code action there. <laughs> but uh, but wolf um one one parting question yes i would like to answer before we get up the airwaves okay um cause for concern about kenny pickett's accuracy and vision yeah Are you I, concerned? I i i got a little concerned but i i believe in the work that we've seen done okay i yeah. you know we can we can uh, go back and forth about the efficacy of you know, guys playing against first, second, third teamers, that sort of thing. Um, but I, to me, with, with Kenny was just holding the ball too long, and he was—he just wasn't as decisive as it as what we've seen um, during the preseason and up at training camp. You know, I mean, we saw a very, very quick to make a decision type guy who pulled the trigger was very accurate, and uh, you know, I, I it does it does bother me a little bit. But you know what? Um, there's there's a Everybody was not playing at their peak capacity. You know, what I mean, it just yeah. it wasn't happening. So I, I I tend to say, well, you know what, you got to shake that off. And you got to got to move forward. And I believe that Kenny's one of those guys that can do that. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was one of the things. I mean, it just it felt off 
before the game and just and then I don't know what that was. Uh, it was just some type of incl- inclination. I, I don't know if that's my my spidey sense tingling because I'm <laughs> as a former player. You know, there's a certain vibe that you're right. expecting, and I mean, you I'm sure you had those same feelings. You know, when you're on the sidelines, you get a true vibe. Yes, uh, of, yep. of what it is, and just it did it didn't resonate well. Well, you know what we will do? We'll keep diving deeper into this, and of course, we will. We will have more for you because we'll be back here tomorrow. 10 to noon is the time. That's, that's the, and we'll be on the same bat channel at that same bat time. Here inside the locker room, he's Wolf. I'm Starks. Wes is head ninja in charge over there. Um, we will be back tomorrow, and we'll continue to break this down, of course. And we're also turning our pages to the Cleveland Browns. You've been listening to Inside the Locker Room, Wolf and Starks on ESPN SNR Radio. Mike Tomlin press conference coming up next. Take care. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.